Hello and welcome to another episode of The Clever Kids. This is a weekly podcast where three brothers take a look at a topic from popular culture that you may or may not care about. My name is Tyler. You had Brian here. And Jeff. This week we're talking about a movie from 2004 written and directed by Shane Carruth called Primer. Uh, I do quickly want to say um, I knew that Shane Carruth was a bit of a figure of uh, ill repute in Hollywood lately. But doing some research into this movie before the podcast started, I didn't know that how much of a piece of shit this guy is. So I apologize for us all contributing to his wealth. Uh, I didn't know. Uh, apparently, he is a uh, abuser of women, and I didn't know that. So I, I apologize. To yes, everyone. and we're single handedly about to make this person wealthy. Well, but so. we all did just contribute by like paying, spending money on his movie that like he produced and directed and wrote and you know what i mean like so money went into his pocket so just saying even if it was only three bucks i apologize i wish i could take it back from him uh, and pirate the movie or something um but i can't so anyway um this movie concerns time travel just like every other movie we've been talking about so far in this quote-unquote season that we're doing of our new format um let's just dive right into it i mean um how did you guys feel about this movie um, right off the top? Like just the first, first feelings. Oh, also just spoiler warning for every movie, story, book, fairy tale, whatever, ever created. It, it's probably going to be brought up and it will be spoiled. So spoiler warning, just blanket. Okay. Um, yeah. So Brian, how did you feel about this movie? My understanding is um, that they intentionally did not dumb down their explainers and the way they were communicating about the, the machine they were creating, blah, blah, blah. So uh, I got to say that didn't land for me. Um, they, you know, I thought this movie was, I, I wish I'd known that going in because I would have waited to watch this movie when I was a little bit more sharp and alert. And, uh, you know, so for the most part, I, I thought it was, was dense and confusing and, um, that combined with it being a low budget film was, was a little bit tough to consume. I, I wouldn't recommend it. Jeff, how did you feel? Yeah. I mean, I got the gist early on that, uh, I wasn't going to understand like the mechanics of it, that it wasn't necessarily something that, like, that was going to be possible. They, they knew that they were going to throw so much information at you that they were like, Oh yeah. And then we figured this out. I really enjoyed the angle. I guess I don't want to get into spoilers, but um, I will say full spoilers for this movie. It's impossible to talk about this movie. Sure, I thought we were just doing. I thought we were just doing a high level review. Um, I mean, yeah, your initial thoughts, but don't don't worry about spoilers. I really enjoyed this movie. I liked the take that they took on it. I'll elaborate more on that later. But I will say that towards the end, I did have. I watched it on the plane flight to uh, uh, Tyler's baby shower, and uh, I had a woman talking to me through the final twenty minutes. Brian's baby shower. Sorry, Brian's baby shower. My baby is here. Um, and My baby is not here. <laughs> through Brian's ba- For Brian's baby shower, I took a flight here because I don't live in the same city as them. And uh, I had a woman talking to me through the last like 20 or 30 minutes through my flight. So I, I watched it and like puzzle pieced it together. Um, and so the ending, which is highly important and highly explanatory, uh, I didn't get the full, but I understood the gist of it. Um I'm going to be honest. I had to rewatch the ending like three times to really understand what was happening. I kept rewinding. I was like, what the fuck is happening here? Um, I will say I am on the same page as Brian in that, like, I did not know that this movie, like this movie is constantly on top lists for sci-fi 
like time travel movies um it's always like you gotta watch primer it's so interesting and it's so low budget and yet still like they, like captures like the essence of like a time travel movie and it's so interesting and it takes it in such a direction like you know blah 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 and i was like okay cool i'm definitely gonna check this out um eventually and just never got around to it so for this movie knowing that we were doing time travel i was like okay finally i'll, I'll make myself watch primer and to be honest i get why it was such a big deal when it came out and people were like you got to go and watch this and i wish i had just watched it in 2005 2006 when it was a big deal and all the film nerds were talking about it because watching it now all i kept thinking was well this is really impressive for something that a guy made for seven thousand dollars in 2004 but in 2022 this movie looks sounds like and sounds like shit like the plot structure isn't that interesting because I've seen it replicated better in more in higher budget movies. You know what I mean? Like they did all of these things first, but because I've seen the things that were sort of inspired by this low budget, essentially student film, I wasn't impressed by it. You know, I just kind of, it just washed over me and I was like, okay, I get it. Um, that being said, I think that it was like an interesting exercise, right? Like it was interesting to see that like this, guy who studied math and engineering in college and was like an engineer at the time was like well what what if time travel really did exist and what if these people creating like a like essentially like a field generator that would lighten ob make objects lighter accidentally found discovered time travel what would they do with it you know what i mean they're just some normal guys who've never really had to think about the ethics of time travel and yet now they have the power to time travel and so they're trying to figure it out on the fly how would two normal guys do that? And so I think the morality and like the ethics involved was the more interesting part of the movie. Do you guys, do you guys feel the same way? I mean, how did, how did you guys react to that? Jeff? Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, I loved the slow burn, like trying to feel like I knew it was a time travel movie going into it, but I loved the idea of it starting off not as a time travel movie and someone just slowly going like, like the entire methodical approach of being like, what is this film? Oh, it's, but how is that possible? Oh, it's, it's, and then like slowly unraveling, like, wait, this thing sends objects, fast forwards them to time. Okay. That's interesting. And like, just understanding what that could mean. Um, I, I found it very fun to have the characters realize and accidentally, because a lot of scientific discoveries in history are found by accident. And so right. I, I love the idea in of people's garages, you know right. what I mean? Like they're not, try they're trying to do one thing and then they stumble upon something else. And then they're like, Oh shit, what do, well, how do we monetize this? Right. Um, so I love that idea. Uh, I mean, I, I think I mentioned this in the before, but I, I actually work at a startup. So like seeing this idea of, of starting out of a garage and, um, four guys just like funding each other and supporting each other and, and doing their best to share their discoveries. Like I, I love that idea. Oh, and I love that as soon as two of them make a discovery that might make them some money, they immediately cut out the other two. <laughs> They're like, no, fuck those guys. Get them out. Don't, don't bring them in on this. This is our thing. But I also... Like, oh, yep, that's probably... That's pretty true. I mean, that's what Zuckerberg did, right? He's just like, uh... No one else, just me, actually. <laughs> All of it. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> um, yeah, no, I... I uh, I think I also loved the scientific and careful approach that the, the first character took towards time travel of being like, fuck all paradoxes. I'm going to lock myself in a hotel room. I'm going to go back in time and I'm going to live a day in this life and see how careful I can make it. Um, 
yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. And like the slow degradation of the characters getting more and more care- comfortable and lax with breaking the rules that they themselves had set um, for ultimately extremely petty reasons was, I think, an excellent characterization of characters who uh, are time traveling, right? I mean, the more that you do any one task, you get more lax and comfortable with, with not necessarily following the rules. And um, I, I think that uh, this film did a fantastic job of bringing a human element to the characters who are time traveling. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as far as like, just like decision making, these two normal guys, like they do just like, it is kind of like, well, I know we set these rules, but fuck that. I don't want to do that anymore. You know? Um, Yeah. Brian, how did you feel about like the morality at play and like the ethical questions that this movie sort of raised and confronted? I, first of, first of all, I, I appreciated their attempt to just get around the paradox question because last week, if, if you listen back to our episode, uh, we could not get past it with Looper. It was just our main focus was like, this it, This doesn't work. It doesn't make any sense. It's broken, blah, blah, blah. So in this time, you know, story, at least initially, they were trying to get away from the question of like, how would this work with a paradox? Like, because the moment you have one, it could ruin your movie depending on your audience. And so I appreciated that with the hotel thing. However, I thought it was, a realistically naive way of them doing it because like if you guys lock yourself in a hotel room how are you paying for your hotel like you have some kind of transaction record like yeah oh you're you're exchanging money on you know in this in the stock market like there's a record of that as well like there's a record of you you having been there and therefore a potential for a paradox at some point down the line in some way shape or form so like i think that it was a I, I felt like that was the realest part of the film to me where like I could see myself inventing a time machine and being like, I know I'm just going to lock myself in a hotel room to avoid that whole issue. But then doing these little, like being unable to avoid these little things that actually do cause paradox or, you know, ha- cause the potential for a paradox. And like, I was kind of enjoying that part, but then I don't know. I felt like that kind of like slow build up to potential issues kind of just it got weird with all the muddiness of all the different timelines and the different versions of themselves. And I just feel like it didn't end up like, like coming to fruition the way I was kind of hoping that they would bring it home. Well, I think the uh, idea is that you find out that the, the guy, uh, Aaron, Abe. Is it Abe or Abe. Aaron, Abe is the one Abe. that goes out of control. Yeah. Abe, what you realize is that there's like, he spirals quickly and starts going back all the way to the beginning to multiple times. Like yeah. every version of him starts doing that. And so now all of a sudden there's two versions of them with the same thought process fighting each other in the kitchen because he tried to drug himself. But the guy knew he was going to come back and drug himself. So then they're fighting each other. And it's like he's just like spiraling. He's just like this total piece of shit, which I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. And so (laughs) and, and here's the thing. I don't really mind that. I actually think that that makes for a very fascinating story. But. I'm going to bring up another film here that this kind of reminded me of, and it's Inception, where you have this heavy concept that you're asking the viewer to get wrap their mind around. Like, how is this, how am I going to believe that this is possible? And Inception, they did such a good job of like mixing in narrative with explainer at, at different points to where you never really felt like you're like totally falling behind. 
like you know even if you got a little bit confused by something like how do the different layers of the dream you know dreams work for the most part you kind of grasp the general concept and you're able to stick stick it through to the end and be like okay i get the gist of what happened in this movie i feel like like it, it there wasn't enough understanding to help me get through to the end with the film like i i as i've sat with it afterwards like i i've i think i've got a general concept down but I, I think as the film was going, I was just kind of like, what the hell is happening right now? Like, you know, there's, there's so much going on, but so little understanding that they're like asking you to figure it out on your own because it's, you know, they, it's, it's a low budget. It's going to be harder to, right. to deliver those points. And so the, the back to your question, though, the moral question, I, I appreciated how realistic their rules and parameters they set for each other were it felt like something that i would set down if the three of us created a time machine and we're trying to figure out how to not cause issues and just get rich like i feel like it, it, we would make the same approach and potentially run into the same issues um so i, I kind of liked that part of the film that was the realest part to me was them like being in the hotel room and being like all right how do we avoid causing a problem mm -hmm. with this beautiful invention we've created I think there's a couple of things about this film that, that really struck me. Number one, it is like just beautifully sloppy for the entire third act in the sense that like these two characters from the very beginning are in over their heads and the director makes you feel that. And then like there's a point where they're like, hey, let's go do something super shitty and petty to go, you know, fuck up my 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 boss or, or I think it was I don't remember exactly who he's going to go hit. There's a guy who like promised to invest in one of their inventions and then pulled out at the last minute uh, so that like the value was high and then they pulled all the value basically out of the invention and went with someone else so they made no money on it and so he's mad at him for that yeah and so they're I gonna go was so, so it's gonna be super petty and go attack this guy and on the way they pass their father-in-law who too they put it together has clearly time traveled and it's like from that point on shit just hits the fan and it is very hard to follow but the core of what you do understand is that there's two characters you have abe and aaron one of them is fucking around with time and the other one wants to stop that's yeah they're, that's, tra they're well they're chasing each other through time and fucking everything up is what that is what the problem is now because now on a third person now is aware of the boxes and is going back and right. following them for some reason which we never understand why he's doing right. it because they don't address it but we can assume that it's not for a good reason. You know what I mean? Like that person's not happy. And there's some sort of weird effect that they have on each other where if they're close to each other, one of them's in a catatonic state, which is like, oh, well, what does that hold for the future? You know what I mean? Like what effect does that have on people? Interesting. You so know? you think that the father entered the cat catatonic state involuntarily? I thought it was like a... Uh, yeah, but they said a... he was like, you're three rooms away and he's still in the catatonic state. I thought that... And I... then what they do is they put him in a... Induced they coma. put him to sleep even yeah and induce coma and then send him back in time again <laughs> they put him in the thing and yeah it's like it gets really messy just but, like you're saying like it just, again well, but then it also is on purpose i think that it's messy like that yeah right? and I, I love that like it's two people who who got in way over their heads and are trying to swim their way out of it and they just can't they don't know which way is up is, is the best yeah. way that i can put it but there's clearly one character who's like i know the solution let's just stop let's just stop traveling to time let's just live as if we never fucking invented this thing let's burn everything let's just fucking live our lives we have wives we have children and the other one's like well hold on let's <laughs> let's instead it's like whoa well yeah so 
Aaron goes back in time to stop them from ever inventing the box. And he finds and out. And then he finds out that Abe went further back in time and brought a box with him. So there will always be a box. And so now that he can't go back and uninvent it, it's stuck forever. And it's like, God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So it's very, that I was like, this part, it, this structure of it is, that's the most, like, again, that moral, ethical, like, battle where it's like, well, if you bring one of these people in and they have a slightly looser moral code, they ruin everything. And I think know? one of the things that I also really, really appreciate about this film is you don't see a lot of negative effects from time traveling. Time traveling is just this thing that people are able to do in a lot of films. But in this film, there's a point when they go to the, the collectively try to travel for the first time. And mom's like, wait, well, how safe is this? And then Greg goes, there's no fucking way this is safe. Like, this is certainly <laughs> going to give us cancer and we're going to die horrible deaths, but we're also going to travel through time. And then they get in the box to travel through time. And it's like, oh, it's like, yeah, like that is absolutely the mentality that you have to have if you're going to be these these astronauts through time. Yeah, it's Mary Curie holding uh-huh whatever radioactive substance uranium or whatever she's holding and mm-hmm. didn't you know just giving herself cancer unknowingly her whole life but Brian, were you gonna say something there for a second you know i was just gonna bring up uh the part about aaron's girlfriend's dad or his wife i don't know if they're married but yeah uh, i think it's his girlfriend's dad his dad showing up from the future do you guys remember that scene yeah it, it, like during the movie i was like what the hell is happening here and since i've kind of come to appreciate that part yeah because my understanding is they never explained exactly what happened there. And that's the point is, dude, like every little tiny thing we do when we are out of our own time could potentially create a decision that leads to another decision and an event that leads to another event. That well, and another version of ourselves has to react to that, has to right. interact and, with that. And, and just, what decision are they going to make? Right. And it, and it just leads to things that we literally cannot predict or explain unless we go through those events and those moments and those decisions. And I, I thought that was in in the moment was like, what the hell's going on with her dad? Like, why is he involved in this? Why am I not getting any more answers there? But now I realize the whole point of that was just to say, dude, you have no control over this situation. Mm-hmm. Like anything can potentially happen. Like what are the series of events that led to her father finding out about the box and then getting into it and traveling back and then following them around? Like that would have been a, a fascinating thing to learn more about. And well, immediately it's, it's they have, to- the conversation where he's like well i would never have told him and he's like would you he's like well how can i say i never would have i don't know maybe I, there's a situation at, in which it's yeah. an emergency and i have to tell him You're like well what kind of emergency he's like i don't know and right. it's like that's exactly it right like maybe yeah. in one of the times they went back to the party they don't stop the guy with the shotgun from killing the the daughter and then the dad is grieving and at the funeral you feel so guilty for him you're like i have a way for you to see your daughter again let me introduce you to time travel. He goes back in time and now he's fucking stuck or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like whatever. he's just trying to yeah. get back to his time by following them to their box so that he can get into it again. You know what I mean? Like who knows what that, that world point, looks like. And the like, real point but, is, is it doesn't matter. It's that like anything they've lost could potentially control. happen. It's that they've and lost you control. you are not in control. Yeah. yeah. You are not in control. It was the whole point of that scene. And I think it didn't land for me when I watched it. But then thinking about it after I was like, Actually, that was a pretty effective way of showing, like, dude, you guys have no hands on the wheel in this situation, you know? And they keep, like, these things keep getting introduced throughout the whole movie, like, oh, there's a fail-safe box. Oh, there's a box that goes further back. Oh, you know, I've got, I've been leaving it running. And, like, there's all these things that, like, Abe especially suggests, like, I'm in control of this situation. And the truth of it is, like, that scene really reveals, no, you're not. You think you are until someone knows as much as you and is in a different time period and they have their own free will. 
like the free will of it all is what makes it a problem right if one person knows about it then they can control the situation but as soon as a second actor is involved like you know you're no longer in control of what they do because of the free will it, it's yeah it almost free will almost becomes the paradox of the movie is like well all, how in control can you be if there's someone else who is in control of something you know in control of their own actions yeah i don't know I, I did think that in that way it was affecting like you know what i mean like conceptually very interesting mm -hmm. but again ex execution wise I mean, this this movie clearly cost a thousand uh, seven thousand dollars to make, yeah. and they and they ask a lot of you as the viewer to to keep up. You know, like I think that this is one where it's like, I guess if I sat down and tried to like diagram it out as I was watching the movie, I'd probably be like, okay, I, I you know I'm following now, and I, I shouldn't have to do that with the film. Like you, you should be able to dumb it down enough for you know your casual viewer to at least grasp you know the general idea. And I think most casual viewers in this one would be like what just happened and i think the part that's made it most interesting and i think probably most viewers of this movie will agree that the conversation that you have about the movie is probably more interesting than the movie was itself right like i'm having more fun and finding this movie more interesting just talking to you guys about what it all means and how you know how it all plays into the the overarching plot right than i did probably watching the movie because throughout the movie i kept pausing it and like being like okay, let me like write something down so I can make sure I'm like processing this correctly. You know what I mean? I literally had a notepad next to me and was like trying to like figure out the time travel part of it. And then I Googled it and there's like all these like graphs for anybody who watched this movie and is confused and didn't Google it, Google it. There's like people have made like really beautiful diagrams of like how the time travel works in this movie and how all the plot threads kind of wind together. And it just looks like a series of scribbly circles on top of each other, which is pretty funny actually um but yeah it's i don't yeah i think that the concepts that the movie brings up are more interesting than, than the movie was itself is, does that make sense what i'm saying mm -hmm. do you guys agree with that yeah i mean i, I think that uh while i enjoyed the physical visible interpretation um i definitely think with the bigger budget it would have been uh overall better but um i think the concept was was very solid i will say despite Shank Ruth being apparently a allegedly a total piece of shit. This is an, an impressive feat that a $7,000 movie as complex as it was to follow was this coherent even, you know what I mean? Like that. He just was like, excuse me, that he took $7,000 of his own money, got friends and family to, to play that the, the roles in it and went out and made this and, not only does it constantly make top lists for sci-fi and, and time travel movies, but going back and watching it, you know, 12 years later, however, wait, does that make sense? No, 2004, 18 years later, um, I was still like impressed by it, you know, Jesus, it's been, that can't be right. Is that right? Yeah, it is. Wow. That's crazy. I'm old guys. <laughs> I'm really old. I was 14 when this movie came out and 18 years later anyway um yeah i mean i if you're really into sci-fi stuff pirate this movie don't give shane Ruth any more money <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah let's move on to the topic so in honor of this movie and our time travel theme here i uh i wanted us to talk about what we would do with time travel but i didn't want to limit us to 
the time travel mechanics set up forth in this movie, I thought that I wanted to bring up like, what would you do if you could go back to any fixed point in time? Like, what would you want to do there? Like, would you want to go and just watch the sacking of Rome by the, by like the Gauls after Alexander the Great's death? Or would you like, what would you, I don't know. That's just a weird, cool thing. That Tyler just wants to watch no people get fucking much. mercilessly murdered. Apparently it sounds horrible. So, yeah, maybe. So, I don't know. Who, so who again, knows what I'm into? This isn't about gaining any wealth. This is just about what would you want to do with time travel power? If you can gain wealth, if that's what you want to do. I mean, mine might have something to do with gaining wealth. I don't know. I mean, just what what would you want to do? Would you go for financial gain? Would you go to just like tell Abe Lincoln not to go to the Ford Theater? You know what I mean? What would you do? So, so that's a question of would you be willing to change the course of history? Yes. And that's well, I think it's question. everything is open. Everything is open. Would you want to change the course? I think no matter what you do, you're changing the course of history. I think just my by answer simply changes. Being there. My answer changes a little bit depending on that you know like am i am i trying to avoid changing history and just learn something about history that i literally can't get the answer to today or am i willing to change things because i think i would have completely different answers for example if i wasn't trying to change anything i would either travel back in time just to see if all the hype about jesus was real <laughs> or i would travel. You just back go in time. watch the sermon on the mount and in the back be like speak up i can't hear you <laughs> can't hear you <laughs> yeah speak up yeah um so i would either go back and see if jesus was actually turning water to wine and coming back from the dead and all that stuff just to know if i need to get my priorities in order here before death uh or i would go back and see if the hype around helen of troy was real uh just i just need to know how high bro this chick's a five at best bro yeah, bro, menelaus dude you can six. find someone so yeah. much hotter than her you guys bro can do so much better yeah but like i would just like it'd be one of those two things i think if i'm not trying to change the course of history i just need to know something it would be uh yeah just confirming the jesus stuff in the bible or uh just checking uh just peeping Helen just Troy seeing if she was actually that cute I'm, I'm gonna take i'm gonna take brian's answer <laughs> I'm going to take Brian's answer from when I asked him this like a year ago is I just want to be the King of France's cupbearer when Joan of Arc comes in at 16 years old and walks yeah, what out. What did she say? Yeah, what did she say? That For those her? of you who are unfamiliar, um, <laughs> <laughs> the story of Joan know. of Arc is insane. Yeah. And at one point it she walked in as a 16 year old girl after helping, after predicting that they would lose a battle. Who can't read and is from a farm. She, she comes like, from a town that was destroyed by the English during the Hundred Years' War. She shows up and basically predicts that the uh, that, that the French were going to lose a, a very famous battle that they had very good odds of winning. And everyone laughed her off until the French reports came back that the French have lost the battle. Uh, and so the king permitted her an audience and she and the king went in there alone and she came out with a newly forged suit of armor with a battalion to lead. And she then, was made a general or something. And, as and, a 16 she's just like a zero. commander of men. She, she became yeah, and then zero which no woman experience. had ever done. And then she turned around and, and led massive, you know, led undefeated massive success before she was betrayed by uh, the court of France and turned over to the English and burned as a, as a heretic. But what did she say to the king of France? What is that 16-year-old girl go to the king of France's chamber? How do you come in as a 16-year-old farm girl with zero combat experience in, in one conversation get convinced to be made a commander of armies and lead the French legions into battle. I just, yeah. I will never there's understand. Also, there's also a speech that Abraham Lincoln once gave that's called the, the the best speech never recorded or something in which he was so riveting, so passionate, so just absolutely incredible in his speech that none of the reporters wrote anything down. 
Um, and uh, <laughs> just because so they were they were too enthralled, and then and immediately none of them could remember a thing. He yes. said they all looked down write. at their piece of paper and their pen, and they're like, "Shit, I didn't write anything." Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck, I'm gonna get fired. Damn, that was a good speech. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, I, That's, yeah. So, so I think so it'd be something you like want to just go to those things. Sure. Yeah, I think it'd be something like that if I wasn't trying to impact any kind of timeline. Yeah, of course. You know, if, if you're completely okay with impacting the timeline, sure. Like you experiment with keeping Lincoln alive. You, you know, uh, I don't want to say it, but murder baby Hitler. You know, uh, I read an interesting fact that the only reason that Germany lost World War II was because yeah, Hitler was in charge. Yeah, he might be a bad guy to murder. He kind of sucked. <laughs> the rest of the German leadership yeah. was really bad also. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Like when you read about like the like the meetings and like he would show up like hours late and the reason that like there wasn't a more mobilized defense of Normandy when we stormed the beaches he was because up. he was yeah. late to his meeting and they yeah. couldn't get him to wake up because he's hungover from the night before yeah or something like that competent. yeah it's like oh so killing him actually they might have done better right. someone might have already gone back in time and made sure that he was in power to be honest yeah. like, <laughs> I, I got I got one for you so here's a way to get rich without changing the timeline so there's a story about uh, uh, Mansa Musa, who's the richest man in history, um, about how he was so rich that one time he visited, I think, other parts of Africa or something and was just throwing like so much wealth outside of the carriage at, at the poor people that he like wrecked their economy in different countries because he just had so much wealth. He's just hucking it out and it like literally jacked up their economy for a couple generations. I think I would just show up and just be among the throng of people with just like, you he, know. Yeah, but then you would be taking some of the wealth from somebody who did get it. So you would yeah. change history. Just but, just go catch D.B. Cooper, bro. Just sit there in an ATV. Ooh, and a, Cooper, and just did you guys him. watch that doc, the D.B. Cooper documentary? Need to know. <laughs> What'd you do, bro? Did you guys watch you the D.B. Cooper documentary on HBO? No. No, is it good? It's not that good. But it is based, based in Vancouver and Portland, where yeah. Brian and I live. Very fascinating. Yeah, uh, so I just I watched it. it was bro, okay. I don't dox me. Yeah, I was about to say just, where I live. I, I I said two cities and didn't t- say which one. Just you got doxed, dude. Yeah, well, Tyler's address is. Uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, so that's one where you can get some some significant wealth just hucked at your head from a carriage <laughs> without changing too much of the storyline. You're just another peasant. So sorry, is the concept of that story that he single-handedly caused inflation by giving too much wealth to the people and thereby screwing with the, de- the supply the, and demand. The wealth itself became less valued because everyone had it, right? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. It's I, I'm just thinking of a way to get rich without, you know, because you said, as you said, you can't really take a, a scroll from the archives of Alexandria because it would not age and therefore they would see it as a fraudulent mm-hmm. uh, document. Correct. Even though it was actually real. So what you guys said was... In order for the value to like be able to transition to modern day, yeah, it would need to be like gold or silver or something like that. And I know of a time where there was a dude so rich that he was just hucking piles of gold out his window. And those were also coming in the shape of, you know, probably artifacts from the time or, you know, whatever his culture that, you know, just don't exist anymore. So I I just think that would probably be the moment in history to just easily get gold thrown at your head and, and solve your problem. So... Uh, you know, we don't have to start a business and work long hours like Tyler wants to do. Yeah. Yeah, I think mine is uh, go back in time, kill Bezos. <laughs> just, you just have something against, you just want to murder Bezos for some sick reason. I don't like bald people, actually. That's my thing. 
it's one of the reasons I, I I'm withholding love from my son until he grows hair. Um, yeah. <laughs> I refuse to hold him. So until, until so yeah. So head. so if it's not changing the course of the timeline, there's certain things that I would just just need to see with my own eyes. I've already mentioned those. If it was changing the course of the timeline, uh, Lincoln is a great person to save. See what happens. Uh, can we think of anything more recent? That we'd want to witness? That, that you'd be able to change. JFK? Let's say the last... 9-11? 50 years. Ooh, 9-11 is a good one. Because <laughs> we lived... Well, in a way, lived through it. We were alive during that time. Um, JFK would be an interesting one because seeing such a liberal president last for a little bit longer, you know what I mean? Like, he was, like, sort of a force for change. And having him as a liberal pr- president with so much love of the people you know what i mean like he won so much of an overwhelming popular vote during that time is an interesting thing right mm-hmm. also his death kind of spurned like the modern uh, uh republican movement because of like their crazy conspiracy theories all still surrounding jfk's death you know i mean QAnon is still obsessed with it to the extent that they've now pivoted his political party in their minds somehow do you guys know um just quick aside about JFK. Did you guys know that he was actually losing in the polls leading up to the 1960 election to, until the, to Reagan? The televised, until uh, they televised the event. Right? Up until that point, they'd been casting it over radio. And as soon as yeah. it was televised, he skyrocketed in the polls because people thought yeah, he was hot. Yeah, he was he's less, hella good he looking compared to... Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Nixon was kind of bumbling when he was on, on screen. Like, he looked like a fool if you've ever watched that recorded debate. Um, he didn't, he did a very bad showing and JFK was like cool, calm, collected, very good looking, charming, smiling at the camera a lot. Right. You know what I mean? Like he really, he was like, oh, what if I showed the people my face? <laughs> Cause I'm pretty good looking. I don't know if you guys knew that. Um, yeah, JFK is an interesting one. I, I'm, I'm trying to picture how, I mean, let's say you go back to, what do you do? You travel back to September 10th. And try to find a way to get to New York and make cause a scene at the airport that shuts down a flight or two, or like what? Well, the, flight, the flight was going to New York. Uh, it was coming out of San Diego, oh, I yeah. think. Um, San Diego. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Yeah, somewhere somewhere on the west coast, I think. Oh no, wait, wasn't it like Virginia or something? Yeah, it was like it was on Virginia. its way to the west coast, and yeah. then they, di- they diverted it back. So, Doesn't matter. So what's your what's your strategy? Are you the thing is, we know what the... those people look like. We know who t- who hijacked it, and there are pictures of them on the internet. Yeah. We we could go back and find those specific people, and stop them. And there's there's exact huh. documentation of exactly what they did in the days before, leading up to 9-11. We so have you're going. So you're not calling law enforcement on them. You are single-handedly showing up to Batman. shoot them or something. I like Bruce Wayne's approach. Let's not solve this with money. Let's just punch people, um, <laughs> but not kill them. Interesting. Yeah, I guess we do have enough information to actually take action now. I'm just picturing. Also, like if, if we just take Mark Wahlberg with us, we could test his theory that if he was on one of those planes, he could have stopped it from happening. <laughs> you know how he said that a bunch? <laughs> no, I did not hear that. We could just go back in time, take him with us, and see if he could actually stop it from happening. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to think of another way that we could make money without killing Jeff Bezos. And I honestly, I keep coming up blank. I just think that that's the only way to go back in time and make money. Um. Yeah, I don't know. 
Uh, cool. Well, do we want to move on? I know that we wanted to talk about ROP and GOT. Gotrop. Gotrop. Gotrop Minute. That's what we're calling it now. That's our new segment. Uh, and by that, I mean Game For of Thrones and Rings of Power. Um, we did want to talk about it. So, Brian, I'm putting it to you first. We have the first two episodes of Rings of Power out. How did you feel about them? I'm feeling very strongly that the Rotten Tomato scores are bullshit. And I think anyone here listening who contributed to those ratings is an asshole. I actually haven't looked. Are they really bad? Yeah, people So are... my understanding was that House of the Dragon got an 80-something percent critic score and an 80-something percent audience score. And Rings of Power got 80-something percent critic score and a 30-something percent audience score. Something ridiculous like that, which I think is weird because while I'm enjoying both immensely, I found Rings of Power to be super fun. Everything I was hoping it would be, it landed for me on every level. I was eating it up, and so I'm not understanding the scores. Like, that seemed ridiculous to me. So that's my fiery, passionate... That's all we have to say? Um, That's, yeah. Okay. Jeff, how are you feeling about it? I'm at... I'm not hating Game of Thrones. I mean, it's it's okay so far. Uh, or sorry, it's not even Game of Thrones. House of Dragon. Um, I I'm not hating House of Dragons. I, I think it's fun. Um, it's it's kind of nice to be back in the world of Westeros again. Um, it is kind of a, a fun little political drama where we're seeing the different things unfold out of all the different opportunities and possibilities. What's going to happen? It's kind of fun to see where the night predictions are coming through each week. But Rings of Power swept me off my feet. I think it's the best show that's been produced in the last five years, at least. Um, it is extremely high quality. Even the slow burn developments of the different regions and geographies and, and each different scene is set in a completely unique visual biome that is just absolutely fun and fantastical to watch. I'm, I'm absolutely eating up every single inch of scenery and every single second of screen time is, is blowing me away. Um, so I watched the first episode twice and the second episode three times already in like the last three days. I really like it. I'm very happy with how it's turned out. I do quickly. I just pulled up the Rotten Tomatoes thing and it is very funny how blatant these pieces of shit are on the internet now. Rings of Power has 18,548 uh, audience reviews somehow. So I just pulled up some other shows to compare that to, to see how ridiculous that is. House of the Dragon has 3,801. So that's 15,000 off. The Patient has 66 audience ratings, which is a new show with Steve Carell um, that's apparently really good. And then She-Hulk also has a really bad audience score compared to its critic score. And it has six thousand seven hundred and two. Look up. So you think Marvel Girl that Marvel Girl got review bombed just like, uh, just like uh, Rings Ms. of Power. Marvel, you mean? Yeah, the yeah Miss Marvel. People went through and review bombed it too. It's got I think probably the same amount as uh, as Rings of Power, if not more. Like it's it's a trend right now. I was explaining this to Brian yesterday in person that uh, basically crowds of people are specifically targeting shows that they don't want to be successful. Oh, and they, they use like, um, they use programs to over, like just constantly go in and leave like algorithmically generated bad reviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a whole fucking thing. So I just want to say this, this, yeah, look at this. Miss Marvel has 10,753, like the disparity between that and like other shows 
just shows how much of a piece of shit these people are. Like they right. think that we're actually going to like not do the research and look at this and think that people actually don't like it. Like it's bullshit, man. It's just such a, and what'll happen. I is, do not want to go on a rant about how toxic the internet is, but like, I really want us to dismantle the, the internet as a society and just like, just not have it anymore. It's really ruining things. It's, it's frustrating. Like, especially with Miss Marvel, it got review bombed like 5,000 negative reviews before the first episode even aired because the, the reviewing was open to critic. And so the, the way the algorithm works allows you to review it too as a customer and people can talk about how excited they are for it. People just gave it zero stars and were like, yeah, it's going to be the worst show ever. It's like, you haven't fucking seen it and you're probably not even the targeted audience who's even going to watch it. Like, just let people enjoy what they want to enjoy. I don't understand the problem. Yeah, I uh, I'm not gonna go ahead, go out and say like such a so. For, sorry, I'm leaving the Rotten Tomatoes discussion. I don't have anything else to say. People are dumb. I hate them. Um, but I will say that this show. I'm not gonna say what what Jeff said, which is that it's the best show of all time or whatever you said. But That's I will say I am. Five years. I am very excited to see what they do with it. It has like. I had very high hopes and I was really worried that I was putting too much on it because Lord, I mean, as I probably already said, like Lord of the Rings is like one of my favorite fictional things that exists. Like I really, really like it a lot. Um, I've read all of the books multiple times, including the Silmarillion and the Lost Tales um, and some of the unfinished manuscripts that exist on the internet. Um, I'm, I like to just sit and read the wikipedias and stuff and just like refresh myself on the history i just i really like it I like the world that tolkien created uh and i had really high hopes for this and so far i'm really 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 liking it but i also am one of those people who tries to just go in with an open mind even when i have high expectations but i'm very glad that they didn't that it didn't disappoint um now comparing that to house of the dragon how are you guys feeling now that we have a second episode of house of the dragon is it third episode I haven't watched the third. Sorry, ah. you're right. Last night the new episode did come out. I have not watched it yet. Um, I think the but, I think the most recent episode is the best. I won't get into the details because I don't want to spoil it for you. But uh, I don't know. It seems to be getting better. I mean, I think that what and I think I might have said this last week. The thing that made Game of Thrones so special was just this massive sprawling story arc for so many multiple parallel characters, and of course George R. R. Martin's just uh, fearless writing in the in the sense that he was not afraid to break trope and kill characters that seemed important. Um, unfortunately, while he did start that trend at the beginning and keep that going for the seasons that he wrote, that was what was wrong with the later seasons in that characters suddenly started having plot armor, which didn't exist in previous seasons, and um, all of the story arc and character arcs that were being built up kind of got dismissed. Um not to go on a rant on the final two seasons, but I, I didn't like them. I am enjoying the character arc and the development of this show so far, and I'm hoping that it will continue to keep the um, momentum that it's been building up over the last three episodes. I guess that's it. Brian? Yeah, I, uh, I'm getting everything I wanted out of both shows. I know we're talking about House of the Dragon, but just in general, I'm just, I've just been pleased so far that you know these two huge buildups have, have not... Uh, ended in a disappointment and the house of the dragon especially I, I was coming in almost like questioning whether i should be giving it another shot after what happened to the end of game of thrones but um 
I, I think it's been great. I've been okay with the little time jumps. I've been the characters are, are doing a good job of carving out their own, you know, place in the in the lore. Um, uh, it's everything I could have hoped for, and so I've just been really enjoying it. I, I will say, even the the you know the bad characters, I don't think we've gotten a main baddie that is like that doesn't have some redeeming qualities, um, other than that crab dude on the beach. But um, don't spoil anything. I haven't watched the newest episode. I know I'm not. I'm just saying that uh, for the most part, everyone has levels to their characters, and I appreciate that because that makes them. It makes it fun when you can root for somebody that someone else is like, what the hell? I hate that character. I don't like that character because I agree. You, you can have different opinions and get different experiences out of watching the same episodes. Um, so, I will say on yeah. Game of Thrones and new on House of the Dragon, one of the disappointments for me is that in the first series, we get characters in Winterfell. We get characters in King's Landing. We get characters on the road. We get characters in the at the wall. We get characters at this place. And so far in House of the Dragon, it's all just been around the people at King's Landing. Like there's been nothing, no expansion. And it really just seems to be around these like four people that all interact with each other. And I kind of wanted it to like to explore more of the world. And I, what I'm happy about is that I'm getting that with Rings of Power. You know what I mean? We're getting like these hobbits who are or harfoots that are like over in this area and we have um you know we have galadriel doing whatever she's doing we have elrond doing whatever he's doing with the dwarves you know what i mean like we're getting like this sort of disp disparate sort of stories that will eventually you know all coalesce into one long long uh, solid plot line i assume um which I'm excited to see how all the individual puzzle pieces fit together. Whereas Game of Thrones, I feel like it's like, okay, well, here's the storyline. How Now, how are they going to break everything apart? You know? So it's almost like the opposite. Instead of like bringing everything together, it's like, okay, we kind of get what the overarching narrative is. They all want the Iron Throne. How are they going to split everybody up? And then how does that end up? How so cool was it to go to Casa Doom? I keep saying these things to my wife while we watch the episodes of rings of power specifically where i'm like we see a female dwarf and i'm like oh we never got to see that in the original trilogy that's really cool you know and like yeah, i was like, like kelly kelly look 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 that's a that's a female, female. dwarf. We oh my god that. yeah and then um and then we're like walking into casa doom and i'm like wow we've never gotten to see a, a dwarven city like actually alive and bustling and like no because even in the powers. hobbit we only ever see it once the dragon's taken it from him yeah, exactly. And so I was like, man, this is so cool to get to see their civilization. And like, well, like for me, there's there's something that made me realize that it made me realize about the original trilogy is, man, we get to the story, like the whole story of Middle Earth late in the game, because at that point, the elves are like so ancient and so aloof and removed from now the rest leaving. of the world that they're out. They're like, dude, we can't be a, a major player in this story anymore. So we're leaving. And like, that's all we get from the elves outside of very limited interaction from Arwen and Legolas and, you know, them running into the different cities briefly. But, like, you get very little of the elven civilization. And then now we're getting depth to those characters and we're actually getting personalities and you see them having flaws. Because in the, in the original trilogy, they're just these perfect beings that you don't want to get involved. And uh, the dwarves, similarly, like... I'm so pleased at how they've gone back to what I will call the Gimli model of dwarves 
versus the hobbit model of dwarves that are just little short model like human models <laughs> like you know like there's like one or two of them that look like actual dwarves like i think buffer or whatever looks kind of dwarvy but like some of them look like little short dudes like sh little short humans and like gimli was your your textbook dwarf and now we're back and i like i was just really appreciative of that the rock smashing scene where you got a bunch of just rowdy roughneck you know dudes that live in a hole dwarves you know that like to drink beer and you know cook meat and that's it like they they just I, i'm just very pleased at how they've managed to get back to the to what lord of the rings is all about instead of the money grab that was the hobbit that really derailed the franchise for a while there i think it, it feels to me like they're they're going back to what it should be similarly there's this cool um juxtaposition in the original trilogy of like I guess what I'll describe is like your Rivendell elves and your like woodland elves, which is like Mirkwood and Lorien, and they're just a little bit different types. And we're also we're now seeing that with Galadriel and God, what's his name, Arondir. Yeah, Arondir. where they're just kind of like they're both elves, but they're just different. And like to yeah. me, I I appreciate that we're seeing different types. It'll be interesting to see whether they know each other because Galadriel's been traveling the map for you know hundreds of years, so I can't imagine how they wouldn't know about each other, but. It's just cool to see the the depth to these civilizations that we didn't get in the original trilogy beyond a few characters. So I'm, I'm excited to see it con continuing because we're getting a lot of stuff that we weren't able to get in the original trilogy. So I will say one thing that I'm a bit worried about with this series is that both The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings detail a journey, right? That's like you start in one location and then you walk across the map. Right. And it's like all the different things that happen as they go along the map. So far in this, Galadriel went from <laughs> the top of the map of Middle Earth to the bottom of the map of Middle Earth. And now she's out lost in one of the seas, which I'm not quite sure which sea she's in, but I guess it's the whatever the one in between she was Middle Earth the Undying Lands. and the Undying Lands. Um, but. I get, but then the guy is from the Southlands. So, like, how far south was she? I, I guess I'm kind of confused by like geographically where everybody is right now, and I'm hoping that becomes a little bit more clear. But I am worried that they're going to do what they did in the last two seasons of Game of Thrones, where characters are like up and down the map just like really quickly. Uh, specifically, I'm thinking about the episode where John goes north of the wall to get a White Walker, and Daenerys is at Dragonstone. And then Daenerys gets on a dragon and flies over the over all of uh, Westeros over the wall and then saves them against the White Walkers. And it's like, how long ago did she leave from Dragonstone? Like, how fast can dragons travel? Because she got there very fast, you know? Okay. Um, I found that to be quite confusing. Um, at any rate, um, I I very much like this show. So positive review uh, all the way for me. Um, do we want to move on to what we've been watching, reading, and listening to? Jeff, yeah. you start. Absolutely. Um, so this week's been a little little bit dry for me. Uh, I've been reading a lot of comics. I went and bought a bunch of comics at a comic book store lately. Um, so at the top of that list is the My Hero Academia. I've cut up to the most recent volume. I have to go now buy the individual issues to catch up to where we're at in the manga. Um, but I also am rewatching uh, the My Hero uh, anime 
and I'm on the fifth season for that. I also am rewatching Dragon Ball Super, and I'm in the Goku Black arc, which is probably my favorite arc of the entire franchise, uh, or of, of, of Dragon Ball Super specifically. Um, yeah, as far as reading, um, on top of that, I also picked up, Tyler will care about this, uh, Wind Volume 2 has been released. I picked it up physically in trade, so I'll have to give it to Tyler once I see him again. Um, yeah. But other than that, um, uh, yeah, I watched Dan in Real Life this week, uh, Steve Carell film about a guy who falls in love with his brother's girlfriend during a weekend away with his family reunion. Um, Messy, funny love story. Uh, I like it a lot. Uh, But I think that is it. I don't think I watched anything else. Brian, you've been watching anything exciting? A lot of the same for me. Um, Crank it through Survivor when we just want kind of a filler show on. Watching season 20, great season. Um, Modern Families, another kind of like, you know, background show for us. Uh, just got a gift. Uh, the It's a Jim Thorpe biography. He's an incredible athlete from the early uh, 1900s. Um, so looking forward to that. Native American in a time before Native Americans were really accepted in in athletics and he was winning gold medals and should have been winning Heisman trophies if that was a thing back then. Um, he was a multi-sport star at the pro level. So that should be a fun book to read. I uh, haven't started it yet, but um, obviously I know a little bit about him going in. Um, other than that, just, just the Rings of Power and um, House of the Dragon until football kicks off this Thursday. Uh, week one, Cowboys Bucks. Hope you're all excited for that. I'm going to get that W and, uh, and and keep it rolling throughout a long season. So looking forward for the NF, uh, to the NFL starting up. Yeah, and mine uh, pretty much can only recommend uh, Rings of Power. And then I went back and watched the original Lord of the Rings trilogy. They hold up, although I will say a lot happens in those three movies. I kind of was like, wow, this really moves through these books really quickly. Um, which I'm starting to realize is probably one of the reasons that people don't don't love those movies. Some people who are like really diehard Tolkien fans, but I still really love them. Um, and then another thing, we started watching the Mindy Project on Hulu, and that movie or that TV show is hella underrated. So if anyone's looking for like a fun, very funny sitcom to throw on, um, the Mindy Project on Hulu is very, very, very good, very funny. Um, I'm really liking it a lot. So check that out. And otherwise, I want to say thank you. Guys. Oh, wait, uh, Jeff, you're picking the movie for next week. No, Brian is. Brian picking. Oh, that's Brian, what I meant. Brian kicked Brian us off is. with uh, Time Bandits. So now he's got to And we're sticking circle. with time travel for one more round. Is that right? I, I would like to, but I'm open to pivoting. Uh, I'm. We can keep doing time travel if you guys like. Do you have a time yeah, travel season, movie selected? Each, we each recommend one, but you guys want to each recommend two for each one? That's I, what Jeff wanted to do. So Okay. Um, so just off the top here, I'm going to go with um, – what's that movie with Tom Cruise where the uh, – Edge, Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of, Edge of Tomorrow. That's, also that's known as Live, Die, it. Repeat. They like rebranded it mid-marketing yeah, campaign. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to go with uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Great movie. Okay. 
And then and we're, I, I assume we're probably going to be talking about time loops, which I'm excited to talk about. Time loop, main, main question, I'll, I'll format, but we'll something, figure around, out, something yeah. around what would you do if you were living the same day on repeat over and over again? <laughs> yeah, I've, I, yeah, I mean, damn, now we can't use Gra Groundhog's Day or Russian Doll or Happy yeah. Death Day. All of those are ruined, Brian. You took them all out. Well, we can talk about them the all. The is better than all of those. It's so good. I, I don't know if it's better than Groundhog Day, but it's, 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 it's on there. It's up there. It's better than Groundhog Day. All right. Wow. Thanks, guys. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Clever Kids Podcast. If you want more from us, be sure to follow us on social media. We're at Clever Kids Pod everywhere. Or you can get in touch with us at cleverkidspodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And be sure to rate us on whatever app you're listening on and recommend us to a friend. We really appreciate it. Or don't. Whatever's clever.